into the area. Janček, stamp through, chance, shot, goal! Full stop! Unbelievable scenes at the end for the derby! Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mark Donaldson. Hello, I'm just off a, a flight from London. I'm on the uh, the I-84 heading back home. And happy Thanksgiving to all our American listeners, which is what, seven or maybe eight of them? Happy Thanksgiving anyway. There you go. I didn't know you had eight people in your household. Big family. I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, I... You do all those... You, you do all those kind of graphs things, and you know who's listening where and, and whatever. We've got listeners in North America, haven't we? Uh, they've got one in Kuwait, uh, one in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and seven so in I'm Edinburgh. Dri- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm driving. So, um, yeah, apologies if the quality is not as, as, as good, but I've got a bone to pick with you, Dunsire. So... We've got about an hour to go until landing. I flew in from Heathrow this morning, so I'm listening to the rest of the Andrew Driver episode last week that I hadn't finished. I thought it was really, really good. It was a really good listen last week. And then you said, and join us next week when we'll pick through the bones of the defeat against Motherwell. <laughs> it's your fault. That was right. That's, that's, that's not my fault. That's just, um, it's just a premonition. What did we take- say a couple of weeks ago about being negative? You yeah. don't want any negative comments. All None. right. Okay. Ryan McGowan, who's also joined us, the, the one listener from Kuwait. Good evening. Keeping up. Good Kuwait evening, Ryan. Heart, Good evening. Kuwait Hearts fan club is going strong. Massive. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever met a Hearts fan over there? In Kuwait? Uh, not in Kuwait. There was a couple when I was in Dubai. But that's, quite a lot of expats over there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I went, went was, that the two, was that the two at the pool? Did you end up going to actually say hi to them or did they say hi to you? Because you mentioned them a couple of weeks ago when you were in Dubai. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, were they sisters? Jack, they? I think his name is. <laughs> no, <laughs> lucky I was with my wife there, otherwise I could have got in a little bit of trouble. But uh, no, yeah, um, I always... Uh, hi, Steph, the, yeah. the, the, the second listener in Edinburgh. <laughs> I always... Um, Teaser saying that you're actually married to a pretty big deal, and then um, <laughs> the, this, this this family came over. A uh, guy came over and he's like, uh, "Excuse me, are you, are you happen to be uh, Ryan McGowan?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh, wait, wait, just wait here two seconds." And he called over his son, and his son had a heart stop on. He came charging over, and he put his heart stop on. So it was good. Got to meet them. They're over on holiday. So um, have you ever have you ever pretended to be Dylan? To get away from uh, someone. Yeah. <laughs> to, to not get a photo taken uh, a couple yes. of times. Yeah. No, nah, a little bit. There was that, the, the time when I signed, you must know this story, when I signed in Sharjah and they put up Dylan's highlights when they signed me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be longer so than yours. Yeah, they were delighted when they actually worked out that it was me that they signed and not him, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a small world. It- it is indeed, especially if you're a, a heart superstar. Um, 
Yeah. We will we will talk about uh, Motherwell against Hearts, which was unfortunately exactly as I um, I jokingly predicted. I, I, I was really thinking that. <sighs> Did I not predict three one Hearts actually? I don't know what you predicted. You know, you you, you said very tongue in cheek. Um, we'll we'll go we'll go through the events at Well Park uh, and, and a Hearts defeat. Now you look, it was bad. And we're not going to we're not going to gloss over it and pretend it didn't happen. We're going to go through it and find out why it happened and how it can't need to ha- can't need to happen again. So just arrange those words, and there might be a sentence somewhere you, that makes are you sense. Drunk, are you drunk driving right now? I am <laughs> not drunk driving. I, I I had a Stella on the plane. Honestly, it was, it was like <laughs> I had a Stella in the car, but that was it. <laughs> No, it was 10, 9 a.m. in the morning. So the airport seems to be the only place where you, well, I'm sure where, wherever Ryan goes or whatever, but people drink really early at the airport. I'm not, I can't do that. And it's the first time in my life I was offered a, a it just it doesn't feel right. I, I was offered a glass of water or a glass of champagne when I got on the flight this morning. I took a glass of water. It just doesn't feel right to drink at what? nine in the morning. What? Yeah. We've got to make the most of being allowed to. Normally, I'm like, it's like countdown, wait until midday so I can actually open a beer and not feel guilty. Why midday? I don't know, because then it's the afternoon and it's not classed as a morning drink, so you kind of get away with it. Ah, okay. I, I, don't, I don't mean like on like a work day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not just generally day to day. You know, I'm not, I've not got any problem with anything. But if, Every day, midday, crack open a beer. <laughs> Gozer, do you have dry planes? When you're traveling with um, with the club or or Australia, do they not allow you to raining. have a, a, a <laughs> piss off, have a drink on the plane? How how does that work? Because obviously you fly business or first, and you could probably have any alcohol you wanted. Do, do, do they ban you from doing that? Yeah, it's just not a good look if you're getting blitz on the plane before a game, <laughs> is it? With the coaching staff, but um, <laughs> you're not in Aussie... Scotland anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> with the uh, with the Aussie boys. Um, Back in the day, back in a long time ago, we used to get the 6 a.m. flight out of Sydney. Um, so you'd have the game at night, get back to the hotel, quick bite to eat, and then it would be, uh, yeah, bags packed, clothes on, leave the luggage downstairs, and you would head out for a couple of hours and then just stay up. So there's been um, a good couple of flights because there used to be maybe 10 of us that were on this sort of Sydney to Dubai flight. Um, and, you'd yeah, would sort of be would be those ones at 6am having a few beers on the plane. And yeah, so a lot of the time with the Aussie squad after the game, uh, if you're flying back, you'll have a few beers. And one of the last camps we had, everyone was on a charter flight from Vietnam, I think it was, to Qatar. So I think there was about 18 or 19 of the squad that was on it um, with the coaching staff and everyone. So we had a good couple of drinks on the airport and then on on the plane, which is good. And yeah. because yeah, then yeah, everyone disappears to the clubs and and goes off. So it's just good to have a, a couple of beers on the plane and, and talk about you know the camp that we've just had. Just a couple. Any alcohol on this 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 previous um this previous trip? Any alcohol afterwards? Did you enjoy a beer? Did anyone else enjoy a beer? <laughs> a few boys had a few good beers. Um, good, some good. some players perform better. It seems. After they've had a few beers, yes. Really? Um, really? So if someone was to tell me that somebody would play the way they played at the weekend after I seen them <laughs> on the night out, I wouldn't have believed them. But um, oh, really? Yeah, no. Okay, interesting. No one, no one, no one goes 
two five. Everyone just has a couple and, and enjoys themselves. Okay. okay. You didn't even win. Away. You didn't even win. You didn't yeah. win. That's that, you didn't that play. Is true. I also didn't play. So so you're, just, there, you're just there for the beer. That, that's okay. Yeah, Ryan's exempt. Yeah. You're, you're get, yeah. They're getting pitched after a game that you didn't even win against the China side that probably couldn't beat Montrose. Well, that's been very disrespectful to the Chinese there. We have Chinese listeners here cursing your name up and down, Mark, <laughs> after that comment. The only, the only Chinese listener that we had was when you were out there. No, yeah, that was me. That's true. But they've got yeah. three Brazilians now. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the naturalization process. Yeah, yeah. So um, okay. they're actually they're not too bad. Right. Okay. Forward. So we're, we're we're doing our best to not mention Motherwell here. We, aren't we? we won't we won't focus too much on the the fortunes <laughs> of the Chinese the Chinese national team. <laughs> we will talk about Motherwell Hearts as much as it will be a, a tricky one. Um, we're going to talk about Hearts away from home, away form. Away, just the away blues that I think people have been speaking about. I think Barry Anderson had a little piece in the um, evening news about that as well. And look ahead, of course, to the submitted match this coming weekend. Right, first up, Motherwell against Hart of the uh. at Fur Park. So, first off, the team. Now, I have to say, from, from a selection point of view, my preference was that Hearts would keep the same team and I think based on the fact that one change that was made was Halkett being out injured and Michael Smith came back in that would suggest to me Mark that Robbie Nielsen probably would have gone with the same 11 if the same 11 had been fit and I don't think I don't think many people would have argued with the selection that he made in terms of the starting 11 given who was available yeah this is when we get into the elements of hypocrisy because we criticise after agreeing initially, oh, well, that was the wrong team. And everyone said, well, it was probably the right team when it was picked. It might have been the same players, but how does a team, how do 11 players, 10 outfielders, because you, uh, you can't include Craig Gordon in any of the, the blame because he had an unbelievable double save. So how do the 10 players play like that against Dundee United, but when we don't have home comfort, suddenly turn to shit? <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting. I had a I had a look back at some of the the home game against Motherwell. I didn't watch it in its entirety again, but I watched some of the different phases of play. And in terms of setup, it was very similar with Hearts three four three, Motherwell with their four three three. But although Motherwell played a pressing game to an extent, there was a lot more time for Hearts. I was I was having a look at different phases of play, and although Tony Watt was often pressing Craig Gordon or the Hearts centre back. It was often just one pass to maybe the right-sided centre-back or the left-sided centre-back and Hearts had a little bit of time and often Cammy Devlin was picking up the ball midway inside his own half without a challenge and then quite a few phases of play, Hearts were able to ease themselves into the Motherwell half without too much pressure. However, this game was different. Motherwell kind of went one step further with their their pressing play and their aggression and it was it was obvious from the start that they were going to get in Hart's faces even more so right from the... And it wasn't just closing down Gordon or one defender. All three of Motherwell's attacking players were kind of trying to pin Hart's back and make sure that every player was closed down as soon as they got the ball. Um, and we just didn't really have a response to that. Um, I, I was looking at some of the phases of play in terms of when Hart's tried to play it from the goalkeeper, there was an instant press each time, but 
it was more of a team press. So even the fullbacks of Motherwell were then closing down the Hearts wingbacks as soon as the ball did reach them. So they had no option either other than to launch the ball up the field or to play the ball back again. And obviously the loop started once over with Hearts being pressed. One thing I guess was concerning wasn't so much the setup because I'm with you on that. I think I was happy with how we set up. Most people, I think, probably would have been generally happy with it. But it was very evident quickly that it wasn't going to work, I thought. I thought Motherwell had us pinned back, and what they also did was leave their two pretty large centre-backs a little bit deeper. So when Hearts did launch the ball forward, the only way that you know Ginelli or Woodburn were going to get in behind was going to be... Um, with, through pace off the shoulder, but long balls were never going to work. You know, Lamy, Lamy's a, a very big defender commanding in the air. Even their two fullbacks were, can play centre-back. Mugabe's actually naturally a centre-back. So they basically had four centre-backs. So long ball was never going to work. So I thought we had to try something different. I thought it was evident from the start. And that, I guess, was maybe a bit of the frustration. We'll go into the goals, but did you not, did you not think it had the look of that game right from the first 5, 10, 15 minutes that they had a game plan that was going to cause us a lot of problems. It wasn't so much the game plan, and I, and I agree with that. There's certain games that I watch with Hearts, and I think that they, they're all away from home in the past. And you get a feeling pretty early doors with some of them that if they continue with this style, tactics, formation, and don't change it, there's no point in watching anymore because you know what the outcome is. So you think to yourself, well, are you going to change it? He didn't. And I didn't hear, I mean, I've been traveling the last few days, so I didn't hear his, his post-match interviews, so I'm not sure what was said. But we've that's, that's not a one-off. That happened at Aberdeen. That happened first half at Celtic. And when I was in London, I was lucky enough to meet up with George Fawkes, and he was at Motherwell with his, uh, with his boy on, uh, on Saturday. And he said that first 10 minutes, he kind of thought, we're getting nothing from this. And that, that was the feeling. I think there was like three and a half thousand Hearts fans yeah. that, that made the journey. And he was talking about Motherwell's physicality. That's not a surprise. It's not like they give them Weetabix on Saturday morning and suddenly they grow six inches. They were the same height. They were the same style. They played at Aberdeen. They let Aberdeen have most of the ball. They've got a different way of playing at home than they have away from home. They try and press a little bit more at home. They try and use their physicality. We should have known that. We didn't cope with that. And from a long way out, it became pretty clear that we could still be playing right now and Motherwell wouldn't have had too many problems with us. Yeah, so first goal, um, quick attack from Motherwell. Willery on the right, cuts it across the box. It's a bit fortuitous in the way it falls to, to Connor Shields. I think on commentary, Rob Borthwick said to me, there wasn't really any defending from Hearts, though, and Shields fires it under Craig Gordon. He's only about five or six yards out. It's straight at the keeper, but it's kind of low and powerful. So I think it's, it's a tricky one for him. Um, he, he's one of these player, Connor, Connor Shields, who seems to like playing against Hearts now. It was his first Motherwell goal. He hadn't scored for 12 matches. That was six for Queen of the South, six for Motherwell. The last time he scored was when he scored twice at Tynecastle in March. So that's now three goals in 19 matches competitively, and all of them were against Hearts. So there you go. Some useless stats for you. <laughs> in, in terms of defending, Ryan, from a from a defender's point of view, when you come into a game like that, what? Do, how do you tackle that as a defender? Or is it something that really has just got to be collectively a game plan? If, if you've come into a match and 
you saw it quite a few times. All the Hearts defenders looked very uncomfortable at stages with the ball getting played to them and having to hurry, either knocking out of play, getting tackled and losing possession um, because the Motherwell players were in their faces so quickly. Have you been in that situation where you've, you realise very quickly they've kind of got us here, they've got us pinned back and every time we're trying to play out, it's just not working? Yeah, personally, that pretty much happens to me every game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, yeah, it, it is. When it, it, it's so hard to balance between, you know, sort of trying to play under a press or play out of a press and then just making that decision that we're not going to play out of it and we need to play in their half. So it's that balance of not overcomplicating it and losing the ball in silly positions or putting yourself under unnecessary pressure, but also realising that if you can break these three or four players that are pressing you, then mathematics says that you've only got the back four and maybe a sitting midfielder once you break through that press. So it's just really important as a team that you're all on the same page. So you might next five minutes, you just knock it into the channels or you play a little bit longer, you miss the midfield out and hopefully push their sort of knock their press out and, and move yourselves up the pitch or you be brave enough and, and play it out and, you know, keep playing through them and then they have to realise that actually this isn't really working and and we're getting played out. And um, I didn't get to watch the game, but watching from the highlights, it seemed that Hart just got caught off guard. Maybe the defenders wanted to, you know, were looking for options in midfield and the midfielders were either getting pressed and it wasn't on or, and they just sort of dallied for that one or two seconds and we're getting caught out. And um, Like we touched on, that was sort of what you were, what you would have been expecting before the game would be that, you know, Motherwell would be right up for it and then playing at home. And yeah, it's just such a bitter, bitterly disappointing result, especially after the performance that they put on at Tynecastle the week before. In terms of that option, I think one of the issues for Hearts was the fact that, you know, Boyce, although he isn't a towering target man, he you can play up to him to, to a degree. He can at least cause some issues for defenders. Even if he doesn't win a header, he might force them to put in a poor clearance or maybe play off a second ball. Whereas with the three that we had, and to be fair, I was one of the people who said I wanted that three to start that game. I think I was wrong now looking at this match. But, you know, Woodburn, um, Mackay, Ginelli, there's just, there's just no hope with a long ball over the top if you're playing on top of a defender. Obviously, if you're playing them in behind, maybe. Um, it was interesting, Hart's Best chance of the second half, certainly, and one of their only clear chances of the game. Nong Dwee came on. Hearts were down to 10 men at this point, and Craig Corner just launches it at one point. Nong Dwee flicks on. This is what, from edge of his own box, Gordon launches up the park, flick on, and suddenly Boyce is in on goal. And he, I think he's trying to get it through the legs of, of Liam Kelly, who puts in a decent block. But was it one of these games, Mark, where even though I know Nong Dwee has his doubters and quite rightly you know we are some of his doubters at times he's, he's certainly got to perform better on a regular basis for hearts but was it a game where we just needed someone up there i think we needed um we needed better from all the outfielders i think we needed a plan b i think we needed better attitude because it's easy on the outside looking in that's all we have we're not on the the inner side of of things was there a complacency oh we beat done the United 5-2, all the plaudits that came with that. We just need to show up and win. That doesn't happen in that league, especially when we go away from home. And I think that lineup. and I'm not going to change our stance. I think it's it, I, none of us should change our stance. That is probably the team or pretty close to it that most of us would have picked. But those players fell below the levels 
that they'd set themselves the week before. That's what I think the problem is, um, as well as the t- as well as the tactics. But there's something about this away form results that's that's not it's not right. What is it? Well, we will get to that. I just want to quickly. I do want to touch upon the two other big talking points in the second half of Hearts. A goal down at the break, and and I guess. Many will say we were never going to get back into it anyway, but our hopes were almost completely um, destroyed in a very quick spell um, about 15, 20 minutes into the second half. I think it was 64 minutes when uh, Hart's a bit sloppy between Smith and Kingsley. Smith, not the best pass. Kingsley kind of half pulled out of the challenge on the halfway line, allowed Woolery to play into Shields. He's not one-on-one. Hart's never a covering defender, um, but... Taylor Moore comes across and it Robbie Nielsen was mentioning it shoulder to shoulder. He wasn't, he felt it was soft. Uh, Ryan, as a defender, that challenge, second yellow, is that, a, is that a soft sending off for you? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's quite soft. Um, in terms of, you can see probably why, why he gave it. Um, but I think you'd maybe go back. I think it's Kingsley that loses out in a tackle in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, I'd probably be a little bit more annoyed at at that situation. You know, if, if he just goes through him or stops him as such, there, then you don't put the rest of your back four in danger. But he's, he's just caught on the wrong side, and yeah, you'd say clever play from the attacker in terms of you know he protects the ball. He's he's kept the ball between you know um, himself and the player. But That's the thing. It is a it, is, it is soft. You know, he leans. I don't th- I think- yeah, I'm not sure if it's a yellow. I can see why he's given a foul, and then when he does give that foul, you probably have to give him a yellow. But I also think you've seen it loads of times where, you know, the ref sort of just taps their shoulders and just says it's because he, it, it doesn't even seem like he comes from behind. You know, when you get sort of get that shoulder and you you push him over, it it just looks like they've hit um, shoulder to shoulder. But he, he doesn't. He didn't complain, complain too much, much, did he? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no one. None of, none of the even the Hearts players didn't sort of really complain about it too much. And, well, that, so that sometimes that, that gives a, it away. That thing, right? in, in, in that game, in that game, that it's not even a nasty challenge. You're saying it's soft. I mean, the minute it happened, you kind of know he's off because he's already been booked, and and it is difficult. The, the the opponent has has been smart. I just thought we were so soft. I, I just yeah. thought we we didn't get yeah. in about them. And, and yeah, even the reaction. Was, Exactly. The reaction was just—it was like, uh, oh well. I mean, as opposed to, for fuck's sake, let's get. We—I think right now that we have some really nice footballers, and if when our nice footballers are allowed to play, we can play some really nice football, as you would expect. And the the same might happen this weekend. If if St. Mirren do what Motherwell did, then it'll be interesting. If St. Mirren do what Dundee United did, Hearts should win by a couple of goals. But I think. We are too nice right now. Now, does that require a Peter Haring to come in and just to sit? Because what happened when when they changed, not even changed their system, but they they overloaded us in the middle of the park. We didn't have that nasty bastard in there just to stop them, stop the flow. So whether it's Haring or whether it's an addition in January, I think we have to have a different style. And we were just too nice. We were too accepting of the consequences on Saturday. That's not good enough. I think you're right to an extent, but I think the, the centre of the park is an interesting one because it's all about, and Ryan was highlighting it there, it, it's all about how you beat that press because 
when you're not beating the press, Motherwell have a man up in the middle because they've got three central midfielders, Hearts have two, and Motherwell get to push their two fullbacks up. So it's Hearts that are getting outnumbered. Whereas you saw it a couple of times in the first half, it was almost by chance. One of them was just a ball fired down the line and suddenly Hearts were one pass away. I think it was Mackay played it in and Woodburn was almost in one-on-one. If Hearts get past that press, then suddenly they're the team with the extra man because Motherwell have committed their two fullbacks and Hearts have kind of three more attacking players. I, I, I do feel like it's, it's probably oversimplifying it, but it was the fact that we just couldn't find a, find a way around them because they were pressing us so aggressively. It felt like we needed someone to at least give us a second ball because when the ball was going up, you know, Lamy especially was winning a lot and he was getting headers and basically getting it right back into the Hearts half. So we weren't even getting a second ball at the halfway line. It was coming right back at our defence. In terms of the goal, because the goal comes straight after the free kick, and again, I'm, I'll go to you, Ryan, as our, our defensive expert. It's a lovely ball from Sean Goss. You've got to give him credit here. It's a really well-taken free kick. But Ricky Lamy, who you know, we just talked to him there, he's one of their main danger men in the air. You know, I know they've got a few physical tall players. He ends up just nodding it in from what? four or five yards out unmarked I know it's a good ball and you've got to credit that but for me if you're looking at that from a defensive point of view if someone whips across in and a player ends up being a few yards away from goal and can nod in there has to be something that's gone wrong there surely yeah yeah I think when you look at the setup at the free kick it's a sort of three Motherwell players and three Hearts players so uh, we've seen the still image of it um, before and I would say as the free kick's taken, you, you're thinking everyone's probably in a pretty good position. Everyone's marked up. And it's a combination of a great ball, a good run from Motherwell's point of view and from a Hart's point of view. I uh, don't want to say bad defending, but he's just got caught under the ball. You probably want to be maybe half a yard back, so you at least put a little bit of pressure on. And then if you're a defender, you I don't want to be throwing Craig under the bus, but you're thinking, well, if he's heading it here in the inside the six yard box, you know what? Everyone knew it was going to be an outswinger. So unless you're going to get sort of caught at your front post, you'd half be expecting possibly for him to to make some kind of movement. But again, you don't know. He could have been shouting away to the defenders. He could have, you know, made that early call and and just said, "You guys to deal with it," and it's and it's just not been dealt with. So. In terms of the defensive setup, I mean, what, I mean, we were talking about Kingsley looked like he was maybe the man with Lamy, but Kingsley's in front of Ricky Lamy, and then Alex Cochran's kind of behind him, not marking it. It doesn't look like he's not getting specifically, but he's got a player kind of just on his shoulder. I think it's maybe possibly Willery at the back post. If you're marking, if you're man marking, you don't want the player behind you though, because you can't, you can't see what he's doing. So I just, I wasn't sure if Hearts were trying to to zonal marker, it was almost, it seemed to fall in between because they yeah. were kind of close to the players, but Kingsley had um, Lamy just behind him. Um, I think Suter has Mugabe just behind him. And then Cochrane's kind of at the back post between Lamy and I think Woolery. I don't know. It, it just seemed like, and I don't want to say, it, it was almost like after the red card to Moore, you know, defenders gone off. We're down to 10 men. We're one nil down. It just, it, it almost felt like it was, inevitable i don't know if the heads had gone a little bit or the concentration had gone it just seems so simple in a professional football game for someone just to whip a good ball in and you get a, a free header 
because um, I know at ten men it's a it's a it's a big ask, but if you can keep in there at one nil till the last ten minutes, five minutes, then you can just go. Well, what the hell? We'll just throw everything at them, and you might get a little break. But that kind of killed the game. That was it, done and dusted, and it just felt a bit too simple for my liking. Yeah, and I think sometimes that's probably where you want your senior players. You've just got a red card. I think it was what 50, 60 minutes in. Yeah, right? just just past the hour mark. Yeah, sixty four minutes when he when so the challenge got yeah, back. it would just be a case of listen. Robbie would have been at the side thinking, right, what are we going to do? How are we going to counteract that red card? And as players, you should have just been thinking, we'll deal with this free kick. We'll obviously then get instructions of what goes on. And like you said, the next fifteen minutes, we just keep it tight, and then we'll see we'll see how we go. Get to eighty minute mark, and then just see how we're playing from there. And like you said go back to sort of Dundee at Tynecastle, they just kept themselves in it for as long as possible. And then you're going to have chances, you're going to have, you know, momentum or you're going to get a corner or, you, you know, you start putting them under a little bit of pressure because they will then be thinking, oh, Jesus, we're 1-0 up against 10 men. You know, why are we sort of struggling here? Motherwell crowd will get onto their back. We had over 3,000 Hearts fans there who would have been, you know, thinking, right, we can nick something here. And just to sort of that, double whammy of red card goal 2-0 it's it, yeah sort of game over from a you know, crazy couple of minutes and with the defending I think it's it, it is hard because if if I'm a defender you you always want to leave the, the furthest away yeah <laughs> when I used to be a defender <laughs> you want to leave the furthest away player because that's the one that you think we can deal with it and especially with that cross the guy the furthest away guy is not going to score you all you can really do is just knock it back across goals and you're expecting everyone to be picking each other up. So it would be a, a combination between Kingsley and Cochrane, I think, on, on who should have been attacking that ball and, and who shouldn't have at least put a little bit of pressure on him. If, you, if you're jumping up with him and he gets above you and he nods a really good header in, sometimes you need to take your hat off and say, you know, that was a great ball, great header. But for like you said, for him just to sort of look like he just sort of sauntered into the, the six-yard box and headed it back across the goals, which was... Um, you know, such a shit way to concede a, a second goal and what sort of killed the game. Certainly did. I mean, the only the only thing I'm going to mention about the specific moments in the game, Mark, you, you could say that maybe Gordon could have come for that cross. I, I, I feel like the outswing of the, of the cross maybe makes it a tricky one. I think he kind of thinks about it and starts to move and then covers that post. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not completely in agreement with the fact that maybe it was a Gordon error, maybe it's a borderline goalkeeping ball, but the save from, it's a double save obviously from Woolery, but the second one from Shields with 18 minutes to go is ridiculous. It's like, the first one's a decent save at the near post, you know, he, he reads it well, header down, it's almost like you'd expect him to save it, but it's a good save. But the second one, Shields what, rattles it towards goal from about three yards, and it's not even straight at him. He actually gets a hand out, and it was almost a bit like, do you remember his um, best save in the Premier League he got uh, against, um, it was Knight, wasn't it, of Bolton? Uh, was oh, Zach, Sunderland. Zach Knight. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was a bit like that. It was, it was a ridiculous save. Well, he's a special goalkeeper, and I'm not going to get involved in should he or shouldn't he. It's like Craig wouldn't give me commentary tips, and I'm not going to get. I'm not going to try and analyze what goalkeepers do because I, I, I don't well, know. I, I mean, I'll, no, but we I'll, can I'll try. Defer, but I'll defer <laughs> to Ryan with that. We've got an international centre back here that plays in front of a goalkeeper. 
you've got his opinion. My my opinion is a, is is nondescript com compared with that. But what I would say about the whole season, Craig makes too many saves. We know yeah. he's a, a world class goalkeeper. <laughs> Stop he saving so many upon. things. Stop having to save so many things. He should have more. I know. I he know should have mean. more time at his age to just sit back and and maybe make three or four saves in a game. He is too busy in yeah. that Hearts team. And that is something mm. that has to be rectified. We can't keep calling on him all the time because even people that are fantastic at their job have bad days some days. And you want that bad day to come when he doesn't have much to do because those in front of him do their jobs better. Yeah. Yeah, it's that old saying that, you know, keep if they keep whipping balls in and they keep crossing it in... It, the law of averages says that someone's going to get a free header at some point and the goalkeeper's going to have to make a save. And yeah, I, t I totally agree on that point. I think it's almost bordering on every game that you're seeing him pull off a few cracking saves, which, you know, if we didn't have Craig Gordon in goals, it's probably goals that we're conceding. You, uh, you could easily think off the top of your head, Hearts are probably six to seven goals better off. Um, 100%. He's, he, yeah. he's so far... I mean, I'm, I'm in the cast. I don't know how many points we've got. I think it's low 20s or something like that. We would be lucky if we were on 14 or 15 points. He's probably saved us at least six or seven points already as six or seven goals. And, Laurie, you, you've got, like, access to a lot of the stats. Am I right in saying that he's had more saves to make this season than any other goalkeeper? Or it's certainly in the top three? It's up there. He had second most to make before uh, the last fixtures. Um, so definitely have more now. <laughs> so I think I think Liam Kelly's actually still ahead, but Liam Kelly did have to save uh, about 50 shots against Aberdeen at Pataudry. So um, yeah, I think he's second highest. Liam Kelly, I think, has made um, more saves, but it's quite marginal. I think six between them. I've just quickly pulled up some stats, but that's, what that's, that's quite telling, Laurie. Yeah, and and Motherwell have conceded um, only again before the weekend. Only Dundee and Ross County, I think, and conceded more than Motherwell. Um, so no, it is very telling, and we have been over a line on Craig Gordon. We're on twenty four points, incidentally, joint third place with with Dundee okay. United. Um, but no, a disappointing um, weekend, of course, for Heart of Midlothian. Not my fault whatsoever. <laughs> If Phil was there with Jimmy, then it would have been <laughs> Shifting the blame there, I see. Shifting the blame. Right, I want to move on to something which is oh, still, still a bit, there's, there's, a bit relevant. There's a shot. Let's, no, we'll move on. They're having a go me. Move on. Don't like this. So <laughs> away form has been talked about um, quite a bit for, for Hearts. And I know we talked about it earlier in the season because it had been documented it was going to be 30 years at the end of this season since Hearts had since won. Since we last won away from home. <laughs> since Hearts had won more than nine away league matches in a season. And, and that campaign in 91-92 was a 44-game campaign. So, um, And for context, it was the fact that Hibs had won 11 last season. And when Aberdeen were sort of riding high, but they were the second and third best team in the, in the, in the league between 2014 and 2019, six successive seasons they reached double figures for away league wins. Um, across the past 20 top flight campaigns before this one, Hearts had finished with a win percentage of 50% or above, um, uh, had not finished with a win percentage of 50% or above. So less than 50% uh, 
for those 20 campaigns. The closest we'd came was 2010-2011 on the Jeffreys side that went on an 11-game unbeaten run. We won quite a few away from home. Ryan, when it comes to away games, because you know, as fans, as people watching games, we know that in football, home and away, form tends to go, you know, it will always lean towards the home side. It was interesting during the pandemic when there's no fans that I've not got the stats in front of me, but that started to change quite a bit, especially in, I think the English Premier League had quite a few reports on that. So why why do teams fare so poorly away from home at times? Hearts in particular, you've played at Hearts. You were in a Hearts team, um, you know, certainly under Paolo Sergio, we were very poor away from home. Is it a mentality thing? Do they, is there actively, when you were at Hearts, was it actively a change in tactics? If you played Motherwell at home and then played them away the next game, would there be a big difference in how you approach the match? Um, yes and no. I think sometimes it's, you don't want to say it's confidence as such, but you know when you're at home or when you're at Tynecastle and you make a run down the line and you win a corner, you get 15,000 people applauding you and you know, cheering you on and it gives everybody a lift. When you then do that at Fir Park, you've got 2,000, 3,000 people 100 metres behind you making a little bit of noise. It, it can factor in that sort of side, but it, it is a great question and it's so hard to, to pick on it. I think it's just when you're at home, you, d- you do feel like it, the onus is on you to go out and win the game and whether that's right or wrong, probably then when you're an away player, you're thinking... How do we stop them? Um, you know, we, it, going into Motherwell, if you're from a, at home, you're thinking, right, we'll just go out there and play our own game and win. And when you go away, you'll probably be thinking, how are we going to stop them? Ryan, <laughs> but, can yeah. I, sorry, sorry to interject. Can, can I make a point here about mentality? Because Rangers and Celtic play to 50,000 and 60,000 at home. They go away from home. They don't get any more at Motherwell than Hearts did. They get both stands, uh, both tiers of, of the stand. But the likelihood is they don't worry about Motherwell. It's a, it's a mentality thing with these Hearts players, given the record, or, or what, what is it? Yeah, it possibly could. You know, they would have maybe been thinking, or Celtic and Rangers would be going into that game thinking we can't drop points. And Hearts players, whether they think it's the right or wrong reason, we're probably going in there thinking if we get a point, then we'll be pretty delighted with that. Um, and that's probably Therein lies the problem. That's probably I think some fans would would agree with that. I think a Hearts player or Hearts as a club should be thinking home or away. Definitely home. We should be winning this game. Or even with the old firm there, I think the old firm dread coming to Tynecastle. So even we we when I played at Hearts, we used to we had a great record against Celtic. I think under. For a couple of seasons, we won a fair few games uh, at Tynecastle, mm-hmm. um, and then away, you'd only be thinking there's there's probably maybe three or four grounds where you think this would be tough, you, and you should just go and and really expect to win the rest of the games, and and that's why Aberdeen did so well. I think we spoke about this off air when they when Rangers went in the league and they finished second. They didn't have a great record against Celtic or against sort of the the bigger teams, but you just knew when they went away to play at Motherwell or Hamilton or St. Mirren that they would just grind out results and they would find mm-hmm. ways to to get wins. And and that's what Hearts need to do to take that next step up and and really kick on is they should be going to places like Motherwell and within the group expecting to win. 
and even coming out in the press and saying it, it in Australia, it's massive about, you know, sort of saying it, believing it, you know, you want your players to be coming out. It doesn't care. You don't care if they stick it up and mother will stick it up in their change rooms because you have better players than they have, or you should have better players than they have. You know, if you just go out and play in a neutral field in the middle of nowhere, heart should be beaten Motherwell. So let's just have that mindset. We're going to Motherwell to win. And then we're going to play St. Mirren at home. We'll win that. And then whoever we play next away, we go and win those games. And and I think that they possibly don't have that. And that's shown it with the results that they've had away from home the last couple of seasons. And and when I was playing as well, I remember sometimes St. Johnson's a good example just everyone around the club and every like coaching staff, it's going to be a difficult game. It's going to be a hard game. You know, we don't have a good record there. It just sort of plants little seeds into your head of being like, you know, they win a corner or they start off well. You're thinking, oh, geez, yeah, this is a tough place to go. Instead of being like, oh, fuck, we better wake up here and, and go get those three points. How do you get how do you get past that? Because, I mean, it, it, it it's just a weird one because I've, I've not played on a football pitch in front of a, a big crowd of people, but... It's funny. It feels it feels like a complete mentality thing. We've said you go out there if you know if you could if you could somehow hypnotize those players and convince them that they're actually at Tynecastle, would they then just play the exact same as they would if they were at home? Um, like, is is the fan element more of an encouragement for the home team rather than like a like a I don't know a, a negative thing for the away team? I mean, you don't go. To, do you go to a, an away ground and feel like, oh no? I'm, I'm 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 feeling daunted by the sixty thousand people at Celtic Park. I'm intimidated by that. Or is that more just that it seems to give the home players an extra lift rather than it has any impact on the away players? From your perspective, of course, I know you can't speak for you can't speak yeah. for every footballer. I used to I used to enjoy playing away from home. I used to sort of have that mindset of I wanted to I wanted the home fans to go away thinking, oh that boy McGowan at the back, he was not too bad. <laughs> you know, that's the mindset that I wanted. Yeah. Never, very rarely happened, but that's what I used to think. I used to want other fans to be thinking, "Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, he is a good player. Or he is that 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 Hearts team is a good team. You, know, you, you mm-hmm. can see why they've done well." And I think that's what Hearts should have been doing. We should have went there, won that game, and Motherwell fans coming back. And I think I've seen it a bit on social media. You know, saying a lot of the Motherwell fans were like, "That was a great performance. We beat a really good Hearts team. We made a really good Hearts team look poor." Because they yeah. have seen Hearts play over this season and have the results have been good up until that point. So the Motherwell fans are coming away going, yeah, we actually played really well today because we made a good Hearts team look poor and that, that shouldn't be the case. They should have been coming away being like, yeah, actually, you know, the boys battled hard, but, you know, geez, that Hearts team's pretty good. You can see why they're sitting third and they've got the results that they have done throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, that is actually a fair point. I know we've, we've, we've kind of moved on a little bit from the Motherwell game, but it is a fair point, Mark, because I have to say, you know, begrudgingly, but I thought Motherwell were actually very impressive. And as much as hearts were poor, you sometimes do have to acknowledge that the home team were putting a very good performance as well. They did. Yeah, they, they, they did. And you saw what it meant to them at the end with their, their celebrations. And we, look, we've done the same. We've gone to places. But I, I'm totally with what Ryan's saying. Belief in mentality and we were talking a couple of weeks ago about let's have more positivity on this show. I think we need more of an Aussie mentality, more of a German <laughs> mentality. The Aussie mentality is, yeah, fuck it. The German mentality is, they shall not beat us. Although in a German, <laughs> in a German accent, that was, I don't know. Sounded where that more came Australian. 
too sleep <laughs> sleep deprived. But yeah, just I think it's a mindset thing. And look, if I just the, the dichotomy of performance from the Dundee United game to that game against Motherwell, if a team beats us fair and square because they deserve it and they're much better, there's there's sometimes you just got to take your hat off and say, well, well played. I hate it when my team's out fought. If they're yeah. out thought, then fine. But if they're if they're out fought, that that really annoys me, Ryan. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, yeah, that, again, that's the mentality. If you, if we came, if we were talking about, well, bloody hell, Motherwell played well, but we absolutely threw everything at them. You know, we we gave every single ounce of what we had, and hold our hands up. At the end of the day, we just we weren't on it; they were on it, and we 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 got a defeat. I think everyone can half accept that. You would still have people questioning tactics and positions and players, but you think, oh well, you know, we actually had a really good battle there, and. Yeah, that is that is something that you sort of have to. I think Hearts are maybe trying to balance that of, of their sort of you know earn the right to play. You know, every everyone wants to play football, but you sometimes have to actually earn that right each and every game. You know, they did that against Dundee United. They started on the front foot. They were winning tackles or winning headers, which then allowed them to play their football. And they maybe just got caught in that. You know, we t- I think Mark, you mentioned it. Maybe thinking that they could just go to Motherwell and sort of not do the dirty side of the game and Motherwell would oh, show them a bit of respect and, and let them play their football. And it probably maybe took them to, well, yeah, the f- full 90 minutes to actually work out, well, Motherwell aren't really going to show us any respect here and they're right in our faces. And by that time, it's too late. So they should have been going into that game thinking, right, we're going to absolutely dominate them in the first 20 minutes. They're not going to win a header. They're not going to win a tackle. If they do win one, we're going to be laying it on them. We're going to be snapping at their heels. And if it's still at the end of the game, just 2-0 defeat, then you go, oh, bloody hell, they actually, they played all right. But to just sort of accept that, oh, you know, they're, you know, in the mindset of what it possibly looked like is uh, Motherwell, they're playing well today. We're a little bit off it. But, you know, it just had that feel to it from watching the highlights and seeing, hearing what people at the game were saying. It just felt that Hearts maybe accepted it a little bit more than, than what the punters wanted them to. Laurie, the other thing I wanted to say about that is when you perform better as a football club, you're then seen as more of a scalp. And Hearts are seen as a scalp. Yeah. Ryan was talking about the Motherwell fans, how they were so excited to get that win because their team played well against the side they had seen be good so far this season and play well. We are now a scalp. Teams raise their game for sides like Hearts or anybody who's third in the table. Hey, big game today, boys. Home game. They're third in the table. They've started well. We can do this. Let's get fired in. So we have to raise our level. If we don't, then that's what happens. And even Motherwell, I think I've seen, like, that's them. That will be their sort of bar that they then look to, you know, in the next couple yep. of weeks. They'll be like, sure. right, we need a performance like Hearts at home. And Hearts now need to work out that they are being hunted, I guess, in, in, put it into terms of like that. They know their players definitely now after Aberdeen away and Motherwell away know that when they go to away games, if they lose, that's a big scalp and they should embrace that and flip it and know that they should be going to these games and winning. That's that's what you should be going into. The, everyone, even the old firm to, to an extent, you shouldn't, I never went to Parkhead or Ibrox and thought, oh, well, this is good, but let's just sort of see what they can do. It's backs against the wall. You, you go out there thinking, well, we'll catch them on an off day. We'll be that team that, that gets a point or gets the, gets the three points. And I think, 
definitely the next few away games will be really interesting to see the mindset from from the Hearts players and the coaching staff. Okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, before we quickly talk about St Mirren, I just want to give a quick nod to former Hearts player and a, a pal of, of Ryan's, David Temple, Templeton, who announced his retirement from football this week. A bit sad that he's, he's had to retire at the age of, of 32. I know he's had a few injury issues, was at Hamilton most recently, but of course had a very good spell at Hearts, 95 games, 13 goals. Scoring Anfield, I'm sure, will be one that lots of Hearts fans and lots of players, including Ryan, will remember fondly. And he scored that fantastic goal at Easter Road as well in the Derby. Um, a good player, Ryan, um, and one who you feel had maybe more potential than what was realised in the end? Uh, yeah, possibly. But I also met him as a 17-year-old kid who had just come from Stenhouse Muir and was main goal was making it in the Hearts first team. You know, he's got he's gone on to do reasonably well in in his career and one that he can be super proud of to look back on but yes a, a player that as you know myself as a player would just love to have that ability that he had you know left or right foot mm-hmm. could cut inside could you know had all the tricks in the bag and and when he was on form there's a few months in under Jeffries I think where I think he won young player of the month maybe two or three times in a row you know, he was just in scintillating form, and yeah, it, it, it's it's sad to to see him retire. You know, he's same age as me, a couple of months older, and um, yeah, it's, it's just been really sad to see that his career and and how he sort of matured those ages has been taken away from due to injury. And yeah, just wish him all the very best in his future endeavors. And I've, I've sent him a message to see if he'll we jump onto the podcast and we can speak to him in, in depth about sort of those injuries and all the good times he had at Hearts because uh, you know he definitely gave some Hearts fans some some great memories. Definitely. Good to and you I knew it was a good idea getting you on board. Doing 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 some work in the background. Yeah. Excellent. No um, work than you with no bloody quiz tonight. Uh, okay, well Just I didn't think we have time for a quiz. <laughs> I'll, I'll get one prepared. Too, yeah, too much fine. Yeah well we'll see. Um Okay, well, before we go, let's have a quick look ahead to this weekend because you know, Hearts had a very disappointing away defeat at Pataudry just a wee while back. Um, they bounced back very well. Good reaction against Dundee United. Impressive win. St. Mirren this weekend is you know, I think it's equally important, if not more so, for Hearts to show a reaction like that against the St. Mirren side who, although in sixth place, are without a win in six games, only scored one goal in their last three games. Is this a game, Mark, where it's a case of, well, we know what does work and it works well at home, that that 3-4-3 similar attacking system, almost the same lineup that we've seen from Hearts is is going to be what should be deployed. Although will we... I, I hope now we will see Liam Boyce back in the starting 11. I'm, I'm sorry I ever doubted that he should be back straight back in the 11. No, and I can see why. We, we, we had the discussion, the three of us, last week. If he'd only missed one game, then he comes straight back in. But he'd missed quite a few games and the team had done well. So it's a case that you can still bring him off the bench. I think Ginelli needs a rest. Um, still, mm-hmm. there's, I think Boyce is your striker. Woodburn, uh, Gary Mackay, Stephen, who, whoever in support. But Ginelli, for me, starts on the bench. No Taylor Moore. Hopefully Halkett comes back. The team should pick itself, to be honest. It should be Michael Smith at right back coming in. 
Um, Kingsley at left centre-back. Halkett, if he's fit, hopefully he is, and, and John Suter. The two in the middle, the two wing-backs, the three up top, or the two in support, uh, with Boyce leading the line, and then the two in behind him. It should pick itself. I'm not going to come out whatever team is picked next week, unless it's silly, and say, oh, that was the wrong team. It, it, uh, if we can't bounce back from this, that was, that was very disappointing. There shouldn't be much requirement for a team talk this week because pride and everything else should come into this one. This game should take care of itself. I'll be bitterly disappointed if we don't get all three points from this one. Score prediction and a, and a scorer. What do you reckon? I don't normally predict a decent win, but I'm going to go 3-1. Okay. And I'm going to go Woodburn among the goals. Okay. That's my, that's my prediction. Yeah, I agree on the Ginelli part. I think Barry Mackay would definitely get keep his place. I thought he was one of the brighter players in an outfield. Oh, sorry, I, I forgot about Barry. I forgot about Barry. Yeah, so it'd be um, Woodburn and Mackay, or Mackay Stephen and Mackay, and then Gary Mackay out of retirement. I think. Yeah, I I would be happy with Barry Mackay and Ben Woodburn and uh, supporting Liam Boyce. That would do me. Yeah, that would do me. Um. Uh, yeah, I think I've got to go for something positive. I'll go one more. I'll go three nil, and I'll go Boyce to get on the score sheet. Back in the good books. Go. Um, not that he was in the bad books, but back in the score sheet. Back in the team. Uh, what do you reckon, Ryan? All a two nil win with Kingsley to score. And is it similar kind of similar system again? It's is it yeah, something think, that does pick itself at home? It's the, maybe the away games we've got to maybe have a a bit of a not a rethink, but maybe a slight tweak on occasion yeah and I also think that St Mirren won't the only risk I have was that Dundee United came to Tynecastle and played whereas I doubt St Mirren will I think St Mirren will have the sort of Dundee Livingston approach in terms of we're going to sit 10 players behind the ball come and break us down and we're just going to try and frustrate the heart frustrate the life out of you a little bit and they'll also have a look at how Motherwell played against them Against Hearts. I, if I if I'm yeah. a Saint Mirror Saint Mirror manager, I'd be thinking, let's just frustrate them, get on the front foot, see if we can get the Tynecastle crowd onto Hearts and, and go from there. I, I think to a degree, I, I would anticipate there'd be somewhere in between the United approach and the, the kind of Dundee approach. I think they'll they'll be pragmatic, but I think they'll have I think they've got actually quite a decent team. So I think we could see I think we could see some opportunities to to open them up but at the same time I think they maybe could try and test us a little bit as well so yeah let's let's hope it's back to winning ways for Hearts and we will be back next week to discuss the Hearts victory over St Mirren is that are you happy now I'll say we'll 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 be back to discuss the scintillating win the Hearts record over St Mirren as they get back to winning ways um, no you don't need the you don't need the hyperbole just the, the first okay, one was fine okay, fine okay if, if you want to get in touch before then you can tweet us uh, the account is at around the funnel or you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk until then goodbye I'm on-